This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about something we've talked about in the past, why you should design your summer, and how to deal with a common challenge of managing transitions. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And Gretch, speaking of summer, summer means that Father's Day is upon us. Yes, June 16th. Yes, and I just want to remind everyone that you have so many books that make perfect Father's Day gifts. Yeah, it's funny. I think of all my books, the book 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill seems to be the one that people pick as a Father's Day gift. I get that impression every year um, after kind of it's come and gone and I start hearing from people. Um, So yeah, that is a wonderful book if there's somebody who wants to read about Winston Churchill. Um, side note, next week I am recording the audiobook for the first time. I've never recorded that before. So oh, I'm going to do that's that. Cool. So I'm going back to the world of Churchill. And then also, Gretchen, if you're the dad in your life is working on getting better habits, better than before, yeah. um, explains the 21 strategies we can use to make or break our habits. And um, as you say in the book, it turns out it's not that hard to break a habit when you do it in the way that's right for you. Yeah. Um, and so um, dads can can live a healthier life with better than before. Yes, yes. Um, and also before we jump in, Alyssa, I wanted to point out, uh, Brittany had, a, I think, a great idea about giving something up for a month, you know, which we've been talking about. Mm, yes. So Brittany says she is giving up eating, standing up, or in motion 
I do this all the time. Uh, she says, I'm at home with a bunch of little kids and I do this too often because I feel rushed and a bit harried, but then I overeat while not enjoying my food. So for a month, my rule is going to be, I only eat sitting down at the table. I thought that was a great mm, idea. Yes. Yes. Um, I think a lot of moms have this issue. There are a lot of people are like they eat in the car, you eat walking down. In New York City, you see people eating, walking down the street right. constantly, like eating pizza while yeah. walking down the street to the subway. Yeah. It's just like, you're not going to enjoy your food that way. If you can possibly sit down, sit down and enjoy it. Good luck, Brittany. And Gretch, we want to remind everybody to read Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs. It's our um, next book club pick. Yeah. And Lisa Brennan Jobs is the daughter of Steve Jobs. Um, she was his oldest child. And they had a, a, a very um, sort of strained relationship um, for a lot of the time she was growing up um, in San Francisco as he was coming up and obviously becoming like one of the most powerful people in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really interesting book about parents and kids and about that time in Silicon Valley, too. Yeah, yeah. About human relationships. It's beautifully written. We get to talk to her. She's going to come in um, and be here in New York City with me in the studio. Um, so start reading now and be thinking of your questions and comments. Um, we can't wait to get into that with Small Fry. And listen, this week, our Try This at Home tip is design your summer. Now, we have a tradition, which we didn't realize we mm -hmm. were creating uh, when we started it, but um, we talk about this every year. Um, so we've talked about it in episode 27, 67, and 118, if you want to go back and listen to other um, episodes about design your summer. And this is the idea that and you could do it for any season. Um, like mm -hmm. for you, your, your, your fall is really your summer. Um, yeah, so I had a revelation about that I have to share with you. Ooh, okay. Well, let me just read the Roberts and Davies quote that got me started with the, fir okay. the first time I thought of Design Your Summer, which is basically like, think of a, a season of the year and think about what you want to get out of it. If, it. if it's somehow different, you could have, you know, you could design your winter, you could design your fall. But so Roberts and Davies, he's like a wonderful, wonderful Canadian writer I love. In um, an essay called Three Worlds, Three Summers, he writes, every man makes his own summer. The season has no character of its own unless one is a farmer with a professional concern for the weather. Circumstances have not allowed me to make a good summer for myself this year. My summer has been overcast by my own heaviness of spirit. I have not had any adventures, and adventures are what make a summer. So the question mm -hmm. is, what do you want from your summer? So Elizabeth, what was your revelation? Well, my revelation was that every year I fail at this. We do this, and then I don't plan my summer. Um, so I need to plan Jack summer in the conventional way, what camps and classes and, you know, all of the adventures he's going to have. But what I realized for myself is, as you mentioned, summer is really fall in Hollywood, at least in the television world. Like that's when we usually gear up. Now this year is different because Sarah and I, at least as of now, are not going to have a regular job. So it is more summerish in that way. But what I realized is I need to plan work, not fun. In ah, other words, ah. it's not that I need to be like, I'm going to take up tennis and I'm going to have a picnic every week. No, right. what it is, is I needed to think, well, this summer, what are we going to do to um, further our career? And once I thought of it that way, I was really able to plan my summer as opposed to feeling this pressure to have like you know, weekends in the Hamptons. Well, I, and I think that's a great example of the fact that design your summer doesn't 
imply anything other than think about what you want from this sort of discrete period, call it the next three months. And what do you want to get out of it? Because maybe one person does want hospitality or exploration or slowing down or enjoying nature or um, learning. But for you, that's not what you want your summer to be. You want your summer to be a period of like intense and challenging work. And do you know what that's going to look like? Well, Sarah and I really want to um, dive into the world of scripted drama podcasts. So an example of one um, that we love is Homecoming. So if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, go listen to Homecoming. It's fantastic. Or or The Message, which was another one. Yes, there's... there's several good ones, but it's a it's still a growing part of the podcast universe. Um, and this is just something we've had a passion to do for a long time, but we have been so busy with the fix that we couldn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we want to take this time to write a season of a fiction podcast and and get it out there and say, hey, this is how we spent our summer and just go down this road. So um, I do, for once, have a design for my summer. I still need to work on Jack's summer, however. Right. Well, um, that's a little harder for me. Well, the, the thing about the summer is like, sometimes we talk about the year and how the year feels like a logical time. And it's also a month. Like we talked about that with Melissa Hartwig and Whole30 and kind of the idea of giving something up for a month or thinking about a month. But another way to break up the year in ways that feel manageable is a season. And so if you say, we're going to do this this summer, it feels long enough that you could actually get something done because it's three months. Or, But yeah. it also feels like you can see the end in sight. And it also creates maybe a little bit of deadline pressure because it's like, well, yes. if we want to do it this summer, we can't yes. fritter our time away because that's a limited amount yes. of time. And as obligers, Sarah and I need deadlines. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And so the summer is a good deadline. Yes. Um, now, Gretch, what about your summer? What is your, de- have you designed your summer? Well, I did finally bite the bullet and sit down with, like, I actually printed out paper calendars because I, because even though I love using a digital calendar for something like planning the summer, I had to print it out and, like, use different colors of highlighters. Um, oh, yeah, that highlighters. was a tip you had. Yeah. You How dip, do you do this? You just go, like, PDF, print, month, July 2019 or whatever, and something Mm -hmm. will pop out and you can just print it out. So I printed it out and did that. So I have designed the summer in terms of like, who's where, when, and when are we going to go to Kansas City, that kind of thing. Um, But what I want from design my own personal summer is I need silence and I need reading. I think this Mm. book tour, I've been doing so much talking and engaging, which Mm. I love, 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 love. But I'm also a person who to stay in equilibrium needs a lot of time in silence and it's sort of come out of balance. And so Mm. I'm really looking forward to the summer as a time of intense reading um, and and like periods of silence. And this corresponds very well, if you recall, that one of my 19 for 2019 was the summer of Proust. Yes. Yes. So I'm warming up to the summer of Proust by reading a book called How to How Proust Can Change Your Life by Alain de Botton and a book called The Proust Project, which is a series of essays edited by Andre Asiman. Because I'm like, I think I need to warm up to Proust a little bit. Mm. Um, but I'm like, if there's ever going to be a time when you have to sit in silence and read intensely, it's if you're reading Proust. So I think that's like a very fortunate, uh, you know, convergence <laughs> there. Um, if I stick to one, I will probably do well with the other. Yes. And it's, it feels like you've purposely, des- you've actually taken steps to make sure you have time for silence. 
Yes. Like you're not taking a big family trip this year. Yeah, we often take a big family trip in the summer, but Jamie and I have both been traveling so much, we realized we don't want to do that. Um, We did rent a house kind of in the Hudson Valley. And here's an identify the problem issue is I was thinking, well, it would be so fun to go to Storm King for the day or like go up to the Hudson Valley to one of those cute little towns. But I was thinking, well, what about Barnaby? Because we can't leave him Mm. alone for eight, nine hours while we like drive someplace, do stuff and then drive back. But then I realized, identify the problem. There's doggy daycare, I'm sure, somewhere like, you know, where we're staying. Um, and so I need to figure that out so that we can. And Barnaby's super social, so he would love to, like, hang out with a bunch of yeah. you know, new dogs. And um, so that then we can take these little trips, um, but really be have it much more kind of staycation-y than, like, you know, packing a big bag and getting out the passport and flying and all that stuff. Um, so So I'm really looking forward to that, just, like hunkering down and getting to yeah, I picture you on a chaise lounge like in a patch of sun you know reading Proust yeah I know it sounds so elegant right I know <laughs> it's I, I think Proust is going to be kind of demanding um but uh but yeah I'm psyching myself up for it yes um so that so we have a vision for our summer we would love to hear what do you want from your summer um this is so fun every year people do everything from like trying every ice cream flavor in the ice cream store to you know visiting 10 national parks um let us know what you pick um and how designing your summer works for you let us know on instagram twitter facebook drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 224 for everything related to this episode Coming up, a word from the Urban Dictionary is our happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, listen, this happiness hack, I was so excited by this. So the hack is that I found that when you have a term for something that you've kind of vaguely noticed out in the world, or you've, you've experienced yourself, but you don't really have a phrase for it, a term for it, it gives you this huge rush of satisfaction. Like, I remember when I heard the word humble brag for the first time. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, where has this world word been all my life? And so a humble brag, if you do not know, is an ostensibly modest statement whose actual purpose is to draw attention to something of which a person is proud. For instance, I saw a humble brag when somebody was like, oh my goodness, I was so scared that I would sleep through my alarm and miss my, because um, I'm so, you know, I'm always running my so late because I'm, yeah, because I'm going to go do an, a, a Today Show interview. And I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. a humble brag. Um, Schadenfreude, which is a famous German term for the pleasure that we would derive from someone else's misfortune. Um, and I, when I was on my book tour, somebody used a term I had never heard before. And I feel that it It adds a lot to my happiness by knowing this term. Okay, what is it? Okay, so I was at this conference and this woman said, oh, well, you know, we were were doing this because we were voluntold. Mm. And I had never heard it before. And she explained it. And it's actually in the Urban Dictionary. I thought maybe she'd sort of just made it up being very clever. But it's in widespread use. And uh, being voluntold is a task that was once voluntary has now been ordered to you. Now, the the woman who used it, to me, used it in a slightly different sense. She was more like, um, oh, the you know, some people who were associated with the conference, like she was the one designing the speakers and everything, but then she was voluntold to include this other person in the lineup. So it was like, oh, wouldn't it be great? Mm-hmm. Or like, why don't you think about this person? And it was like, okay, you're really telling me to include this person. I'm right. being voluntold what to do. So it's under the guise of like, you're choosing to do it if you want to. But she was like, eh, I get the message. Like, I'm being told what to do here. Yeah, and it's such a hack because it's true that when you want to express yourself, yes. like going through that whole explanation <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> arduous. It, it brings you down. But if someone's like, "Oh, you're doing, you're planning the the office birthday party this month," it's like, "Well, I was voluntold yes. to do it." Yes, everybody gets it. You don't have to know it to understand what that means. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, it just it just it's like a little puzzle piece that just fits in just right, and you're like, okay, yes, yeah. so. Um, that was a, that was um, a moment of delight for me. Was <laughs> learning the word "voluntold," and now it's time for a four tendencies tip. Oh my gosh, I love the t- four tendencies. Um, so if you do not know what we are talking about when we start talking about upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels, and the four tendencies generally. You can take a quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. It's a free quiz. Like 2 million people have taken it. It's very quick. And it will actually spit out an answer for you and give you a little report on the four tendencies and in particular on your tendency, um, because often that's what we're most interested in. I have a book to four tendencies. I have a four tendencies course. I have a four tendencies workshop. So there's tons of stuff out there about the four tendencies. But And here is a question um, from Allison about thinking about the four tendencies. 
Gretchen, I just left uh, watching you uh, in Lone Tree on your book tour, and I didn't get a chance to ask my questions, so I thought this would be a great opportunity. Um, I am definitely an obliger. Uh, I have been since I was a kid, but the older I get and the further I want to move along in my career, I don't, I don't want to be one anymore. So I'm just curious to know if you have any advice for how to change your tendency. Thanks. Well, Gretch, it's so interesting because I feel like so many people want to change their tendency and think they can change their tendency, but I think you would disagree that you could change your tendency. Well, and here's the thing. I don't think you need to change your tendency. You know, it's one of these things, like you're fine the way you are. Um, uh, I really mm-hmm. think that when people are saying that they want to change their tendency, they just want to achieve their aims for themselves. And they think, well, if I was mm-hmm. a different tendency, that would be easier. But in fact, I think it just is the case that it's much easier to change your surroundings and your situation than it is to change your inner nature. Like, is that even possible? Uh, Arguable, whether it's even possible. If it is possible, it's super difficult and challenging. And the thing is, you don't need to do that because you're fine the way you are. Just figure out how to get where you're trying to go. So if you're an obliger who wants to not be an obliger, probably what you want is not to be dependent on outer accountability. But the thing is, it's so easy to have outer accountability. You can have so many kinds of outer accountability. And if one kind isn't working for you, find another kind. Um, You know, there's just, obligers are so ingenious in how they come up with these structures of outer accountability. But I think you're much better served by thinking, given that I'm an obliger, how do I create outer accountability so that I achieve my aims for myself rather than saying, I wish I weren't an obliger. How can I change my fundamental nature? Like one just seems easy and straightforward and the other one seems right. like difficult, perhaps impossible and also very abstract and kind of hard to think about. Well, one thing I would recommend to Allison as an obliger is because she says specifically she wants to move along in her career. Yeah. Um, is to have a group, an accountability group group for your career. It doesn't even have to be people in the same career. I just think if you have a group where you tell each other, this is my goal, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to report back with an email in a week and let you know that I've done it, um, you can create that. And it's a, a good social outlet also. Well, and I have this app, the Better app, which you can find. It's free. It's yes. if you go to Better Gretchen Rubin in the App Store, it's BetterApp.us on in uh, if you're on desktop. Um, and people do that all the time. They'll form accountability groups, and you're like, you don't have to be in the same profession. You just have to be committed to holding each other accountable. I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people. It seems like more and more people are hiring executive coaches, and I think that this mm. is one. I think they have mm. a lot of useful expertise and advice and everything. But I think part of it is that they just give accountability. And so if you're like, I'm going to redo my resume, or I'm going to learn how to use this kind of software, or I'm going to take this professional, you know, this class to get me this extra credential. Somebody's saying, hey, did you do it? Hey, when are you going to do that? Hey, design your summer, get it done by the end of the summer, whatever it is. Um, And so I think a lot of times things that people do really are aimed at helping them take advantage of the strengths of their tendencies and also to somehow offset any limitation or weakness of their tendency. And that just seems easier. Um, and, and kind of an easier fix because with obligers, yes. it really is that outer accountability. Um, and, and people seem to think that it's somehow weak to need outer accountability, that somehow it's more, it's higher or more um, admirable. Um, but I, I don't, 
I, I don't I think that's just a judgment that we don't need to make. I mean, it, it, it's right. it's maybe kind of one less step and that's nice, but it's not a big step to add. Um, and, you know, obligers are the rock of the world. It's the biggest tendency for both men and women. They match up the most easily with the other three tendencies. Some of the most famous and accomplished people in the world. I mean, Oprah, you know, Andre Agassi, huge figures are obligers. You know, why Why not be an obliger? You know, um, it's just like... Every- Spend your energy yes. um, thinking about how to harness yes. your tendency as opposed to how to change your inner nature, which is probably impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good luck, Allison. Good luck, Allison. It's a question that comes up all the time. So thank you for posing it. Oh, and by the way, you know, this is a segment that we kind of, uh, we rotate through and we love to do before and after segments. So if you have a great before and after story, tell us because I love before and Mm. afters and we would love to highlight some. So if you have a good before and after story, let us know and maybe we'll um, talk about it on the show. Okay, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. I want to remind everybody that another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. And this week's listener question is from Kat. She said, I always feel like I don't have enough time both at home and work. Life is genuinely pretty busy for me. I have a job at a high-energy digital consulting business. I commute by train, so I feel the deadline pressure at the end of every workday. I'm training to run an ultra marathon, planning our upcoming wedding, and have childcare duties for my stepkids on weekends. Wow! Wow! I, I'm 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 having my heart is racing just <laughs> listening to this. I have realized there is an untapped resource of time in every day, which is the time I waste spinning my wheels during transitions. When I come back from a meeting or from lunch, it often takes me an hour before I feel like I'm back in the zone and working on the thing I intended productively and not just flicking through my inbox. Similarly, when I get home, I find two hours have passed and all I've done is make an easy dinner. There's no way the dish I've cooked has taken two hours. It's just that I, quote, waste a ton of time with the transition, and I couldn't really say what I have been doing with that time. My boyfriend and I have coined the term procrastifaffing for the (laughs) random things that take up all this time. I hear all the time that having a routine or ritual will help with those transitions, so I'd love to hear some ideas from listeners about how they trick themselves into better transitions and feel more mindful about how they're moving between tasks and roles in their day. Well, you know, it's funny. I think we can guess that Kat is in the UK because she's using uh, the, the wonderful term faffing, um, yes. which speaking of having a word for something, faffing is spending your time doing a lot of things that are not important instead of the thing you should be doing. So procrastinating has got to be put into my vocabulary. Right? Yeah. Like how, how do we not use this like every single day? Um, this is a huge issue. Um, people mm-hmm. really have have trouble managing transitions. Um, interestingly, one thing that a lot of people do to manage transitions to make them easier is they grab a snack. Um, we mm. often use eating as a way to kind of bolster our energy, like grabbing a snack every time you walk into the house, say, mm. or like having something every time you come into the office. So that's one thing to, um, to watch out for. But, you know, Alyssa, a while back, we talked about the idea of treating yourself like a toddler, um, mm. because we don't expect toddlers to yank themselves from one uh-huh. one thing to another, um, or you know, we 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 tell them like this is going to happen in ten minutes. We give them lots of margin. We they, we don't rush them through transitions. 
Um, because we realize, like, you know, if you if you try to do that to a toddler, it's it's gonna it's gonna blow up in your face. And I think we're a lot right. like toddlers, and that it's hard for us to manage transitions as well. Yeah, I mean, I keep wondering if she can use her commute um, mm. as transition time. So yeah. make that, you know, really gear yourself toward now I'm home, you know, once you're on the train, really getting in the home mindset mm -hmm. so that you don't need as much time to transition once she gets there. Um, and likewise, you could she could do the same on the way to work, transition really into work mode so it takes less time to kind of, you know, get into the real productive mode. Yeah, I think what some people try to do is they try to work at all, like up to the very second that then they then switch to like home mode or family mode or leisure mode. And you're right, like maybe if she listened to an audiobook or a podcast during that mm -hmm. commute, it would kind of get her in and unwind. Uh, help her unwind and kind of do that transition. Or, you know, it sounds like also she's trying to like not have a transition at all. And so no. she's sort of taking an illicit transition. Maybe she needs to give herself official transitions. Like maybe you're going to do 15 minutes of exactly what you want before you start dinner. You know, you're just going to like whatever that would be relaxing and, and for you. Like if you're lying on the couch reading a magazine or you're just sort of puttering around, give yourself a designated period because it seems like it's creeping into everything because she's needing that time. Can I just say, Gretch, I feel like people demand a lot from themselves. Yes. I mean, yes. she's doing an ultra yes. marathon and yes. planning a wedding and helping take care of her stepchildren on the weekends. Yes. It's like, I think she needs to give herself a break. And I mean, if she's got some wasted time, that's okay. Maybe her brain needs wasted time. Well, that's the thing, but maybe it would be more fun to have like, I'm going to officially have a half an hour when I can do what I right. want instead of sort of feeling yes. like it's just this yes. lost time. Instead of faffing. Instead of faffing, you're like, I'm going to really sit down and do something fun, you know, and, and actually give yourself a break because, you know, it's like that whole thing about treat yourself. When we give more to ourselves, we can ask more from ourselves. And so maybe she just needs to build that in. Uh, you know, somebody was telling me how every day after work, her husband would come down and he would sit in this one particular chair and just look at bookshelves. And he never wanted hmm. to talk, but he would just sit there quietly. And she realized, like, this was just what he did as a transition. Yeah. And now she's like, she doesn't try to talk to him. It's like, don't run to him with, like, big news or, like, a request because mm -hmm. he just needs to sort of catch his breath. But it's an official thing. Like, it's part of his day. Oh, that's interesting. One thing she might find helpful is time tracking. And there is a resource on my site. If you go to um, GretchenRubin.com slash resources, look for the resources that are associated with the book Better Than Before, and you will see where you can download the daily time log. I have to confess, I've tried to do this many times, and I fail utterly in time logs. Like, it's a good <laughs> thing I'm not a lawyer because, like, billable hours would have been really hard for me because I just can't do this. But many people find it incredibly useful and illuminating. Uh, Laura Vanderkam, a writer whose work I love, is a huge proponent of time tracking. And one of the things she says is we don't have a good sense of where our time is going. And when you mm. know how you're spending your time, you can be a lot more mindful in what you're doing with your time. Because here, this is like, she's, she's describing it as like a low value kind of time. How can you reclaim that time to be valuable time? Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's putting your phone on a high shelf so you're not on your phone or it's playing music or it's just, you know, sitting in silence until you catch your breath, whatever it might be. So good luck, Kat, and good luck on all of your big yeah, life I know, events. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like the Olympics, personal Olympics. Yes. 
Coming up, I've got a gold star for our dad. But first, this break. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that, and kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high-heat processing, making it an ultra-processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you're up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, listen, we've started talking about how some demerits are like repeat demerits. Well, this is a classic. Mm -hmm. I think this is a classic demerit. Uh It's the email that I put off, right? Uh I know I'm doing it. I'm like, I just don't want to do that email. I, you Mm -hmm. know, it, and it's the classic lesson that one learns over and over, which is the stewing is worse than the doing. So finally, Mm -hmm. after kind of not admitting to myself that I was procrastinating about doing it, I was like, okay, I don't want to write that email. I must write that email. And because I'm a morning person, I'm like, the first thing I do when I come in tomorrow morning, when I'm fresh and like, you know, completely rested, I'm going to do that email before I do anything else. I came in, I did it. It took 45 seconds. Oh my gosh. You know, so it, all that you it, wasted way more time dreading it and putting it off than just doing it. Yes. And I know that perfectly yes. well. This is yes. a lesson that I have learned a yes. hundred times and I learned it again. The stewing is yes. worse than the doing. Um, so Elizabeth, what about a gold star? <laughs> all right. Well, Gretchen, my gold star this week goes to dad. Okay. Oh, um, because you know, we talk about dad a lot and all of his wisdom. Yeah. Our mom and dad both have a lot of wisdom. Yes. Um, but dad sent me the best message when the fix was canceled. I think I mentioned last week our show, The Fix, was canceled. We're not getting a season two, although I encourage everyone to watch season one because it's a full, complete story and you'll so love good. it. Um, but anyway, um, So I was, of course, really upset and sad. Um, And I had emailed everybody, you and mom and dad. And I basically had said, sad, but okay, moving on. That was my email. That was your update, by the way. we That was my update. Update. Yes. 
Um, and Dad's response, I thought, was so great. He just wrote back, a city of stops, dot, 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 and starts. Yeah. And I thought it was such a great thing to say because he was reminding me that this is the flow of Los Angeles. And I like that he put the stopping first and then the starting, like, now you'll be starting again. Yes. You know, so you just stopped, but that means you're going to start. Yes. And it just made me sort of remember that I'm in the rhythm of Los Angeles, the rhythm of my career, and that like where there's a stop, there will be a start. Right. It's a fun job and you enjoy it. And kind of this is the nature of that job. Yes. But so when I often, when I talk, like I talk about like when people have the right thing to say, because it's so satisfying Mm. when somebody has the right thing to say, it's comforting because it's true. And the fact is, this is comforting because it's true. Yes. And, you know, there's excitement in that, yes. too. There's excitement yep. in a fresh start. I mean, there's a reason I have a job, you know, that changes every six months, year, <laughs> two years, however often, because it is exciting. Yes. And I enjoy that ride. Yeah, the possibilities. So, um, I'll be, you know, reporting on the next the next starting point. Excellent. So um, thanks, Dad, for making me feel better. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Design your summer. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And what is your design for your summer? Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Thank you to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. You know what I'm going to say. I say it every time Mm -hmm. and it's more true every time. Please be sure to tell a friend if you like the show and subscribe to us however you listen to your podcast. That really helps more people discover the show. Uh, The resources for this week. If you would like to see clips from the pledge show that Elizabeth and I film for public television, check your local listings or visit pbs.org slash Gretchen Rubin for more information and uh, clips from what we did. And for Father's Day, if you're thinking about a book, you can go to my uh, site, GretchenRubin.com slash books, and you can read information about the books. You can read sample chapters. You can listen to audio clips. Um, Just go to where it says book details and resources, and you will find more there than you could possibly look at. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretchen, even though I got a smaller size in the jacket, I ended up wearing um, on the Roadmap to Happiness special. I still think it looks too big. Mm, yeah, it's a great color, though. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, your dress is a great color. And it was choice number two. We're all about color. We're all about color. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth... I'm talking deep. 
Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.